97X. Band the future of rock and roll. Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode number 132. What? On today's show, the Wu-Tang Dong Saga continues. The big-dicked prisoners were apprehended, and Dave Grohl thinks he's so fucking cool. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? What did you do for Fourth of July, since you're not even from here? <laughs> Meaning America. Well, I am actually a citizen now, so I do actually celebrate our country's birth. But still. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, between the third and fourth episode of this podcast, I visit the site where the Declaration of Independence was signed. What? So you can, I bet most of you haven't done that, so you can all suck it. And it wasn't actually signed on the 4th of July. I think it was signed on the 2nd or something, and then finalized later in August. So the 4th of July date is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the details, though. Um, but what we actually did for the day is kind of funny, but we actually um, spent it with our uh, neighbors. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like in a sitcom? <laughs> yeah, it, it totally is like a sitcom, but we actually like our neighbors. Like normally where you like look at the ground and try to avoid them, we, we like our neighbors. We hang out with our neighbors. So um, we had a little get-together in the gazebo out the back. What? Um, so one of them actually writes for IndieWise. Greg was like bumping into him at Sundance. And then we bumped into him at Faith No More as well. Whoa! Yeah, we had no idea we both liked that. So that was cool. And then our downstairs neighbor we've uh, had over for dinner a couple of times. And I took them to the Magic Castle. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was a neighbor barbecue. And they brought some extra friends, including a couple of girls from Melbourne. Aww. Did, did, so were there fireworks? Did, did you get to see any from where you were? Did you try to go look at them? Or uh, No, well, we uh, went left this party and then went to visit uh, our other friends as well in the neighborhood. We didn't end up catching any fireworks. Like, we could hear them, but we didn't actually go to see them. So, yeah. One of the good things about the neighbor barbecue was that we could um, set up the baby monitor and uh, and just have that on and uh, not really worry about mm. Quincy <laughs> bothering us. Nice. I loved that i remember doing that trick yeah that's a good trick so it was a fun day and we had a lot of hot dogs old tofu pups but i was very concerned with getting hot dogs in me you were yes (laughs) tell me more about this i I love hot dogs and i think they're the funniest concept as well and i'm upset (laughs) that there is not a hot dog emoji yet why is there not a hot dog emoji that's the one i want you're right there's like nine trains and no hot dogs i don't like this it's so true I just like saying hot dogs. Hot dogs. And I, I remember when like you and I became friends, you'd say hot dog about something. <laughs> I loved it. Hot dog. Maybe that's your hot sauce. Hot dog. Such a great exclamation. And you talk about how like you would also do things like like that's kind of an old man expression to be like hot dog. And you'd also do this old man thing where you'd like pound your chest after you drank some coke and say, that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Uh, that's the stuff. Yeah, cook makes I me put do that. I that in the hot dog category. You also like the other old timey thing I do, which is to open a question with "say," because uh, <laughs> I do it in text. I do love that. <laughs> and when Jude 
when Judah was like three or four or five, he would uh, he would start so many sentences with say, and I loved it, and I didn't know where he got it until I paid attention to SpongeBob. Ah. That's how SpongeBob opens a lot of questions, and it is the cutest ah. thing to hear a little kid do it. Oh, it's so charming. It is. So, what did you do for your fourth? <laughs> um, for my fourth. Yeah, the kids were both at sleepovers, which was nice. great for us because I'm just like, I just wanted, I don't even want to go outside. I just want to stay inside and watch movies all day. Right. Like, that's kind of where I am. But um, our good friends, well, I should say my good friend, um, he lives in Iowa or something, but we knew him like 15 years ago when he lived here with his ex-wife. And uh-huh. so they moved back and got divorced. And now he's remarried to this awesome person he's much better suited to, and he really wanted us to meet her. So um, they were in town for the weekend, and we all went out for drinks. And we didn't get back until 4.30 in the morning. Wow. And I, it, like the sun was coming up, you know, because it's, you know, solstice kind of around there. And I'm like, holy crap, it's been so long since I came home when the sun was coming up. So. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Lost seven and sevens. and What um, kind of sevens and sevens? Oh, I don't even know. Someone else was always ordering them for me. I don't know. I just told them that I don't give a fuck <laughs> or something <laughs> with the word seven in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a jolly good time. Am I allowed to say jolly good when talking about the 4th of July? (laughs) So un-American. We were were in a karaoke bar, um, but we were in, like, the restaurant half, and so all the karaoke was going on in a different room, so we're talking... And um, it was great because there was just there's just faint strains in the background, and like if there'd be a positive yes. conversation, you'd hear like an off tune. Don't go chasing waterfalls, <laughs> please stick <laughs> just or something like that. Oh my god, it was, it was kind of an ideal place to meet up with people. <laughs> yes, we're like, God, we used to do private rooms all the time. It was so great. Really I haven't great. done karaoke in so long. It's just not like me. I love karaoke. <gasps> yeah, <sighs> I got someone get commented. Going. Someone commented that you and I don't know them, but they apparently know you. I think they wrote on my Instagram or something that you're like the karaoke queen. Oh, and I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure the association with this person. So yeah, yeah, no, that sounds familiar. I'll have to look through and see who that was. But yeah, or maybe your legend precedes you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like That's it was somebody I, who uh, who had seen my karaoke work. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, part of our in our magic act, like you know, we want to sort of open with a song. But Elizabeth's like actually a singer, so like I can hold my own when I'm like filling it with performance and no one actually good <laughs> next to me. So I'm a little nervous about it, but you know, I, you know what I mean. Like being against someone who can actually sing will really highlight the weakness of my voice. But yeah, maybe I gotta get in shape. Maybe I should be like getting into shape all over my body and, and just sing while I do it to get my strength in my voice. <laughs> Do um, you haven't seen the movie Pitch Perfect, have you? No, I saw a few seconds of it. My friend Lisa was babysitting Quincy oh, okay. recently, and I think she had that on, and um, she was telling me she liked it, and she'd seen it before, and I saw a few minutes, and I thought, I don't want to see this. So oh, yeah. that, okay. that was the vibe I got from it. But, you know, sell it to me. Tell me more. Oh, I, well, I'm not going to try to sell it to anybody, but it's like okay. a karaoke. It's like a cheesy, kind of like a bring it on, kind of one of those kind of movies. And yeah. um, I love bring it on. And so this is um, about, I guess, acapella choir groups. and. Yeah. Um, Carrie and Don and I all watched it, and I loved it. And then so I made David watch. Well, I didn't make him. He like eagerly was like, "Okay, I watched that." 
and then I downloaded the soundtrack, and like the kids were like, "No, no more Ace of Base, Acapella, whatever it is." I'm like, "Just one more song, just one more, and then we can listen to whatever it is you want." Aww. So anyway. Yeah, I'm turning into a regular mum. Speaking <laughs> of David and his enthusiasm for that, it reminded me how he liked the sound of music, which then brings me to the question, the when do you think I can start showing these things to Quincy? Like, should I just put them on? You think I should just put oh, them yeah. on and just let them be part of his life? From I think you yeah. should. I'm not, well, I, think, I only say that because that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like part of me is like waiting for, I think in my mind you think, well, I'll wait till he's old enough to sit through a movie, but I don't have to do it with that sort of reasoning. I can just put it on and let him watch you come in and out and watch it and then it becomes part because I don't want him to grow yeah. up like Greg who doesn't like it his mother is into it and somehow yeah. she didn't she didn't like I think it was pre-VCR so he didn't have it sort of instilled in his oh, life and I right. want Princey to grow up like David and love the sound of music <laughs> though I don't, I don't want him to grow why, up like David and David dislike cats <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What David is an enigma. He's a riddle. Yes, like, yes. Doesn't like cats. Doesn't like ba- doesn't like dogs. Loves babies. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. David's so cute. With Can I babies. hold your baby? Can I hold your baby? <laughs> Let me hold this little gummy worm here. <laughs> All right. God, you know, this um, time last year I was up there. I just pictured Quincy on David's shoulders, I and I remember that. that that was like this time last year because I flew up on the Fourth yeah. of July and I was there for like a total. That's of right. Eight or nine or ten days. Yeah. yeah. If we, if you, well, we saw you down in Portland because we were about to start our annual pilgrimage, which we are about to begin again this yes, weekend. Yes, yes. It's all lining Santa up, Cruz. isn't it? So it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, Quincy. Oh. So how was the Ant-Man premiere? Oh, and, oh, wow. I need to ask you about your dress on the red carpet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, that was a dream. Uh, yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so so for the for my dress, I had um, I got it in Melbourne when we were visiting, and it was this Mondrian-style um, dress. And I have wanted a Mondrian dress. I was going to make one. I was going to, like, like sew together the, the black oh. str- the black lines and, like, the different colored fabric, and then, and then cut that one piece into whatever I wanted my dress to be. Like, this was the dream, but who has time to do this, even if you know how? So it never happened, yeah. obviously, but I, there was, like, an Yves Saint Laurent dress, I think, from the 60s that I always, like, that was sort of the model of the Mondrian dress that I want. And then I found one in Melbourne, and it was kind of expensive, but I was just like, oh, but why, what occasion could I wear it to? And I thought, oh, the Ant-Man premiere! And then I called Greg to, like, check if it was okay, and before, with, even without the Ant-Man premiere, and this is the man who doesn't know what leggings are, um, but when <laughs> I told him it was, like, the Mondrian dress, he's like, you have to get that, that's your dream dress! And I was like, oh, Aww. he knows it's my dream dress! So, um, yeah, so I got that and I saved it for the the big occasion and we did the red carpet um, which was so crazy because yeah. yeah like you go on like you have like a, an escort and the escort like leads you onto the onto in front of the photographers and the photographers all have a sheet with all like the principal cast's pictures on it and Greg's not principal cast he just has like a small plot in it you know like one scene but they have all the pictures of all the people going to be walking the red carpet so then they act uh-huh. like they know who he is and they're like Greg 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 over here Greg 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 Whoa. Greg 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 and they're like Collington, this is like this like forty photographers like all pointed at us, you know, and we're standing there oh and they're taking God. all the pictures. And it's so bizarre, but anyway, and um, and we're both like really uncomfortable. It's like it's totally neat but totally <laughs> uncomfortable at the same time. And then I never quite caught them saying this, but I guess Greg did. But they were like they're asking me to move over so they could get a picture of just Greg. It's like, and I'm just standing oh. like two feet away. I'm like, am I, am I out enough or like? Ugh. 
like it's just so awkward. But and yeah. then you move over a few feet, and then you're like in front of the next batch. And so there's like three. There were like three batches, I think, and like they're all like you know like getting the straight on shot. So and all three times I got asked to move to the side after a little while. But yeah, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, um, we did that. And then your escort, I guess the escort, I figured this out later, but because the escort's like, so we have so-and-so from this, this this TV show in China, and we have this person from this place that wants to talk to you. And um, oh, another cool thing was there was a setup for like Marvel Marvel TV through the website. And so I told my mom and Bunyan, and so they were able to watch, um, uh, my mom and dad and Bunyan were like watching online and could see us. And I could, and, the, and there was oh like, God. and it was on the screen, like uh, in this marquee across the street, so I could see what, what was showing on the Marvel site so I like stood in a place where they could see me so um, so they really enjoyed that and um, yeah so then all these people along this row are like asking for interviews and stuff and uh, and Greg's just like talking to all of them just like this is so nuts you know and I'm taking all these pictures of Greg being interviewed because it's so bizarre having like all these people like clamoring yeah. for his attention and we went kind of early like before the big stars came because then when the big stars came they'd all be distracted and wanting them so and that's not <laughs> how we planned it but when we got there early I was like oh cool like you know they'll not make us feel like shit so anyway yeah, but um but yeah, so that was that was super weird. But then after, um, then um, Tim Heidecker and his wife Marilyn, our friends, um, they were coming, and they because then in the movie, like they weren't, Tim wasn't getting like the same attention that Greg was because like they were like mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't relevant to the movie. But like we saw their escort, and their escort's holding a little sign going ahead of them that says Tim Heidecker. So then the 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 people from the uh, other news outlets would say, yeah, 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 I want an interview, and like that's how they mm-hmm. do it. So that you don't really see them kind of uh, pimping you out to the. <laughs> to the news people oh, and so weird. they just come back this person would love to talk to you and you're like okay <laughs> oh well don't yeah. mind if I do yeah so we did that and then um, we walked that whole line and I was just sort of hanging back and talking to Tim and Marilyn while Greg was being interviewed and then um, and then we go to this whole row of fans just waiting and then getting Greg to sign stuff but they're mostly people just trying to sell stuff on eBay so um, <laughs> yeah so we walked on this long like loud red carpet all the way to the foot Still of the flattering. stairs of the, huh? I know, still right? Flattering. It is still flattering because Greg was like ignoring it. I was like, I was like, do it, do it, because I was just so excited that people were like, Greg, 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 and I was taking for his autograph. So, oh, so um, this is so bizarre. So then the red couple goes all the way to the foot of the stairs of the Kodak Theater, and um, yeah, and then we actually we went then around the back because then Greg got interviewed with uh, introduced with the whole cast on the stage, but. Um, yeah, so we were waiting backstage, and I was like, I saw Michael Douglas, but I didn't, I didn't meet Michael Douglas. Ooh. And um, yes, yeah, so we saw the movie, and Greg's scene got a great response. Oh, and like the president of Marvel is just like met Greg and was like so excited to meet Greg, really? and because like, because they're big fans of on cinema, and they were just like, oh man, oh, when we asked God. you to do it, and you agreed to do it, and I was like, what? <laughs> Like, you wow. know, like, they were, like, in that, like, oh, we're so glad you came to do our thing. It's like, what? So, um, but everyone was just so sweet and so so kind and, and, and loving Greg, which was really nice. And, um, yeah, so we went to the after party, and uh, that wasn't that big of a deal, really. And um, I just had a bunch of, yes, I had sevens and, seven and sevens. <laughs> Oh, yay. And, um, yeah, and then we got to meet Paul Rudd. Well, Greg, Greg Tim knows him, and, and Greg. Mm-hmm. It t- turns out Paul Rudd has, like, been a fan of Greg's for, like, at least 17 years. Wow. Yeah, because another really? friend of ours said Paul Rudd had turned him on to Greg 17 years ago. What? So, Over uh, Neil Hamburger? Or yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Neil Hamburger wow. and great phone calls, so... 
Yeah. Wow, another... that kind of surprises me, but I, do, I guess I know that Paul Rudd is into indie, indie stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so he's really sweet. And I like the movie. You know, I, I mean, we never go and see these um, these Marvel movies, really. But yeah, but it was it was good. Right. I enjoyed it. Um, and, um, oh, and I saw, even though, like, I'm not a comic book person, I saw Stan Lee, and I found it really exciting. I'm like, it's fucking Stan Lee, because you just know, like, how important he is to all these comic book people. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know who that is at all. Oh, he's like the, <laughs> I mean, he, he wrote Anne, like, he wrote, all, like, all these major, like, the main, okay. major comics. So. Um, yeah, so he's a big deal in the comic book world. Like he's in Mallrats. He does has a cameo in Mallrats. Oh so, wow! Um, yeah, as as himself. So yeah, he's he's a big deal. I, do you remember um, the comedians of comedy that tour um, with Patton Oswalt and Zach Galifianakis and Brian Posehn and oh, yeah, yeah. Maria Bamford? Um, yeah. So I, I just remember that every that every Tuesday or whenever is comic book day, like when there's new releases at the comic book store. So whichever city they were in, Brian and Patton wanted to go get the new comic books. And Zach was like so pissed off. You know, he's sitting in the van. He's like, yeah, I'm not into comic books because I was laid before I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I just, that's just what I no, no nothing against people who like comic books but that's like what has always stayed with me it's yeah, like, yeah 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 his, yeah his, his despair this whatever his sliding of the comic book culture kind of cracked me up Aww. you know Stan Lee like invented um uh, like Hulk and Iron Man and Spider Man and X Men jeez like, yeah like all okay this, that's huge yeah yeah so he's like yeah. is he really old yeah I think he's in his nineties so what. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So pretty wild. But I was going to say with that comedians of comedy thing, I was kind of resent I never saw it or anything, but I resented it mm-hmm. because it had been when it happened it was touted as this is the first time comedians started touring in rock clubs. Except oh, as Greg if. <laughs> Greg was the one who like pioneered that. Nobody was doing that before Greg was doing that. You know what I mean? And and wow. it was just like but they were touting it as like, "Oh, we're going to start touring in rock clubs now." It's like Oh. That, like, not fuck them doing that. I just fucked them taking the credit for it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because Greg had worked the country over several times before that happened. So. Well, yeah. I, I mean, because I, I saw them when they were here, like in Seattle, filming it, and it was not the first time I'd been to a comedy show in a club or something. Yeah. They made a big deal out of like, you might be on film, like you might be, you know, you by entering this venue, you're. You're saying that's okay to use your visage on, <laughs> on camera. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, since I guess it was the day after we last recorded, but yeah, some major shit went down. Gay marriage was, uh, was, uh, uh, ruled in favor of across the goddamn country. It was so exciting. Um, I got a text from Tommy like, did you see the SCOTUS decision? And she's like, I'm uh, in tears. But, because I, you know, she could have been in tears either way, so I didn't know. Oh, you're like, is that like happy or sad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, um, I said, did it go our way? And she was like, yes. And so then I got up and watched the news and then I was in tears. It was very exciting. Aww. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is all, all hat by the time anyone's hearing this. But, um, yeah, but I was wondering, so a lot of people I would see post about it on Facebook and be just complaining about some of the shitty uh, stuff they saw in their feeds from conservative people. Mm, yeah. And I and I somehow uh, didn't see a single negative post, even though Me I know neither. at least a couple people, because <laughs> well, you, you have like 10 people still showing. But um, yeah. 
Th- but they keep the new people come through every day and they're like, God damn it, and I hide like as many as I oh, can. Right, right, I don't right. know how they're getting in there. Anyway, I don't know. That's another Facebook watchdog thing, but because <laughs> um, yeah, I think you have to like actually actively block someone or hide someone, and so they'll probably keep coming up. Like you can't just go through and say, Only show me this. I don't know if that's even a I do unfollow this person. I always do that. So Right, right, I yeah. Thought- is that, that am I doing the right thing? Okay. Yeah, but what I mean is that you can't just say only follow these people. I don't think you can set it to right. Only, I, yeah. I know. I wish you could. Yeah. yeah. Instead, I have to reverse but, um, select. Yeah, everybody. but I didn't get any any negative thing. I feel like I live in such a bubble. It's not like I know. I, I don't know. think there's at least a handful of people that aren't into it that I'm friends with on Facebook. But um, but nobody said anything that I saw. So and you so you're saying you didn't see anything either. But yeah, I, I thought you might have. Somebody might have slipped through yeah. the cracks. Well, um, the day after, because um, we, you know, you could put the rainbow filter on your profile picture to yeah. show solidarity and happiness. So um, the day after they did that, David and I were sitting around going, how many Christian or how many people who have Christian friends or relatives or identify as Christian who put the rainbow filter on their profile picture have been getting stern, worried, talking to, <gasps> talkings to from their Christian relatives or friends. And so I put that on um, Stuff Christian Culture Likes the next day. I was like, show of hands, how yeah. many of you with the rainbow filter have been getting concerned talking to? And like thousands of people like, hand, hand, here, here, wow. here. Like, just got <gasps> off the phone with one. Oh, my wife's on the phone with her aunt right now, you know? Like, oh my god, <laughs> Tons and tons of people. So there's this like, you know, David has has, has several utter assholes that he's friends with still that he knew from you know church days and they're still friends on Facebook but they're complete bigots you know who are very anti this gay marriage ruling and yeah. so they <laughs> David <laughs> saved their profile pictures put the rainbow filter on it and then posted it to their wall <laughs> <laughs> just in a direct act of antagonism you know yeah yeah so yeah, I thought that was pretty excellent because he didn't say a word. He just did that. How many? How many <laughs> people they, did he do that to? I think fewer than five. Uh-huh. So, Still, yeah. how did that go and, down? Um, well, it, well, one this guy Brett Johnson, he was his, he you know was his macho youth leader guy who would like <laughs> um, stack the teams, like have the most macho guys on his you know teams if they're doing some kind of athletic event, and he would like bro down with them and ignore the nerdier kids in the youth group. That guy's name is Brett Johnson, and David's like, it lasted all of 30 seconds on Brett's wall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So fucking funny. (sighs) It's pretty brilliant. uh, Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm in a bubble, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we're aware that that's out there, and we just don't go looking to get pissed off. (laughs) And Yeah, Yeah, no, I didn't go looking for it either. Like, these people would start posting things about the, hey, I'm like, you know what? We won, like, and we know we're in the majority of, like, what is it, 60% 60 support gay marriage. I'm like, I don't don't fucking need to go dig out the haters. Let them hate. They lost. Who cares? So... I know yeah. there are a couple of people on Twitter. I'm like, who are you know, Christian pastor, high profile people who are like, oh, this is such a, this is such a tragedy, tragedy, <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> and I'm like, you realize you sound like those people who said it was against God's will for people of different races to get married and yeah. use the Bible to defend slavery. You realize you sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> they have but, no clue. Bleh. 
Well, that brings me to a, a similar point of just no, no self-awareness. So, I'm, as I did in 2012 with the presidential election, my intention is to not really pay attention because I already know what I'm going to do and it's just so much fucking bullshit going on and it's very it's a great emotional turmoil for me because I care very much how it comes out but it's nothing mm-hmm. I can do, you know, other than get all mm-hmm. worked up and anxious and, oh, oh, the poll said this, this article came out today that said blah, 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 blah you know, and it just scares yeah. me and I just can't deal with it. But, um, and I was all ready to just be gung-ho for Hillary but now I'm like all about Bernie Sanders and so now I, I keep know. like feverishly reading anything that tells me what I want to believe about Bernie Sanders like <laughs> making a dent on Hillary and I'm just like yeah 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 and like you know if Hillary ends up the nomination I'll, I'm back on board but it's more like just accepting the best that we have to offer you know what I mean but Bernie yeah. is like the whole disen- you know I'm so disenchanted with politics and everything is so fucking corporate and sick and bought out but Bernie is not that man Bernie is the man that I want do you know what I mean I like he represents what politics should be you know and I just really want him so bad and and, and, and now I'm worried that because um, I saw Greg Gutfeld posted something on his fucking Facebook page who is uh. my friend but he's fucking on that worst show on Fox News The Five and it said something like it was something he'd written which I didn't click on it was a clip from him on The Five saying Bernie Sanders is so nutty people are allergic to him and I was like uh, and then I good started good one Greg yeah like nutty but then I was thinking is being into Bernie Sanders as crazy and out there as as the Tea Party were for those Tea Party candidates in, far, in, in, in as far as being too far right. left or right. And I can't Seriously. see it because to me this all seems like common sense. This is stuff, this is <laughs> yeah. like, this is anti-corporate, this is, for, you know, for the people, actually considering them over corporations, which doesn't seem fucking crazy and extreme to me, but the Tea Party people think that what they're doing is an extreme. They think this is what needs right. to happen. And I'm just yeah. really struggling with that today because I don't want to be some fringe lunatic because then I can't, we can't win. Do you know what I mean? So yes. I, I don't know. I what think do you, about that a lot too lately. Yeah. So where do you feel? Do you, you love Bernie too then? I love Bernie. I think he's adorable. And yeah. <laughs> um, I just love everything he says. It's like Ralph Nader. Like I love Ralph Nader. I uh-huh. love Ralph Nader. Like I loved him so much that in 2000 or something, I wrote a letter to Rolling Stone back when we wrote letters, you know, to uh-huh. Rolling Stone. <laughs> Might have been an email. but um, And then they printed it. And I got the pull quote and stuff. I was like, and I remember the pull quote was, I just want to kiss his sweet face. Because like he represented the hope that I had, you know, like this little old man who had all this integrity. And that's, so that's how I see Bernie. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I struggle with the the okay. These people over here think they're really right. You know, I think I'm really right. So yeah. who's actually right? So what you know what's what's going to take you know being moderate? Like how do how are people ever going to be brought together if everyone's just so intent on their side and. Yeah, I've, I've been reading something about um, Thomas Merton and this Vietnamese Buddhist monk who I can't pronounce his name because uh, it's Vietnamese, but um, <laughs> during the Vietnam War, they worked together for reconciliation efforts. And they would, you know, and just it's just their example of like trying to promote peace and, and, and working with the people who are on extreme sides. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, that seems like impossible work and, you know, really great work if that's possible. So, right. Anyway. Uh, I really want to explore this more and really draw a conclusion with the willingness to accept that I'm just too crazy. But, I mean, for me, I feel like the fundamental difference is that the Tea Party people 
a really a lot of it's based in religion that they're trying to force mm-hmm. on other people and using that as their as the foundation for their beliefs and their legislation, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm not for things that even necessarily benefit me. I'm for things for the whole greater good, right. for the overall yeah. country that's not corporate, you know? Right. And I feel like I feel like that's a, coming from a very different place, you know, not just mm-hmm. based on, I'm not trying to vote for somebody that's trying to make everyone atheist. I would never. It doesn't make sense, right. you know? <laughs> like, I'm not trying to force my ideals like a pro-vegetarian atheist candidate. That's not what I'm about. So I don't feel like it's about me. I feel like it's about the big picture, which I don't think the Tea Party is. Is. So, if anyone would exactly. like to weigh in on that, I'm sure I'll be hearing from uh, Eugene uh, on GChat oh. right after he listens to this episode, oh, awesome. <laughs> telling me that I'm right. But because <laughs> we're quite <laughs> on the same page about these things. But um, yeah, that, yeah, that's how I see it. But if anyone has an objective, uh, uh, you know, disagreement with with that feeling, please tell me because I'm trying to understand the whole thing in myself. So. Yeah. yeah. Speak up. I want to hear your dissent yeah. if you have oh, it. But if you think like, no, no, you're totally right, please tell me that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Come on, life's hard. Yeah. It's hard enough. Okay. So you now, have the Wu Tang Dong in. Well, you down. sent it to me and I couldn't click on it, so I haven't even actually. I, well, I clicked on it. I, I opened it. You see, you texted it to me, and then I opened. I think I tried to look. And then I looked it up at work. And I'm like, it says something about his penis in like in the headline, so I can't. I had to quickly get rid of it. So I never ended up reading it. I thought I'd just put this in the in the document, and it could be our dong in the news, and you could tell us all about it. Yeah, I didn't have it printed out because I. I but you I read it just to sort of paraphrase his general pride. <laughs> <laughs> so he was interviewed. Go back and tell the story because I barely even remembered that this happened somehow. Yeah, this guy, and I can't remember his name, his real name or his Wu-Tang name, but he was high on something bad, PCP or something, and cut off his own dong. And the whole dong and balls and all? Well, that's what the interview was about. Because he was trying to say, I was giving myself a vasectomy because none of my baby mamas will let me see any of my kids. So I decided (laughs) I better not have any more kids. I might as well cut everything off. (sighs) But he wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he still had enough to work with that he could satisfy ladies. That was the thrust of the article. The thrust! Wow, but you said he's proud. He pr- he's proud of cutting off his genitals. That's what the headline said. He was saying, he goes, "Cause the black man, we be hanging." <laughs> so he was oh. making it sound like, so I cut. He's like, "I'm not going to go into detail, but since I cut some off, I've still got a lot to work with because I'm black, I guess." Right. So he's he was proud not, that he had it, enough to work with. Yes. Yes. Right. I think that's where his source of pride wow. was. So it's was, still a source of pride of having a big dick. Yeah. yeah, cut it off and have it still be big. That's you should be proud of that. Yeah, that is something to now be proud of. Let's have a look. <laughs> um, I have so, one more dong in the news coming up, though. Oh, good, good, good. Oh yes, I see it. Exciting. <laughs> it's good to spread them out. Um, so um, I think I was listening to Eugene. I was chatting to after. Um, after our last episode and he mentioned which you probably remember that the part that we didn't talk about about the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas thing was that she had accused him of of leaving a pube uh, 
What did he tell me about the pube? <laughs> well, all I well, this is what I was getting from what I was able to see in 1992 on the news, and I haven't looked this up since. But I do remember that apparently he put a pube on a Coke can. That's right, on a Coke can. And he told her, I wanted a little more context around the pube, but he also told her that he wanted to watch an adult movie with her called Long Dong Silvers. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Long Dong Silvers. Wow. But I'm sure that was a heterosexual pornographic film. Because that son of a bitch voted against gay marriage in the fucking Supreme Court. Well, that means he's probably actually closeted. No. Oh, <laughs> Self-loathing. So, um, I like, oh man, I can't believe you didn't know about that detail. But I didn't know much about it at here. all. Yeah, I was yeah, in here. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what the Supreme Court really was or did. You know, it's just like you hear of it. <laughs> but um, God, I think the first time I ever ever even really thought about it was like the Simpsons episode where they're worried about Bart being you know held back a grade and and, and the teachers saying you know blah blah blah. If you you know if you're more st- strict with him, you know he could do so much better at school. He could grow up to be Chief Justice of the Supreme. Court, and then Marge has this fantasy of, of, of Bart being uh, the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. So that's the first time I remember even thinking about it. But then when he's like not behaving and it's not working out, she pictures him like as this fat stripper with a with a judge's <laughs> gown on and pulling out guns and shooting them. Going, Ugh. <laughs> that's her, that's her alternate vision, <laughs> which seems more likely for Bart Simpson. Oh God! So um, you mentioned emoji earlier, which uh, brings me to um, the new Gmail emoji or GChat. Have you fucking seen them? No. <gasps> they are so shit. Oh, what? They make me really They're pretty angry. bad before. What what they do to them now? They're so okay. So I already had on my phone. I had a texting app, go SMS, and then they updated it and had this new emoji plugin, and it was so shit that I went and found a fucking old version of the app and downloaded it and downloaded the old emoji plugin because like this emoji made me so angry because they're just like <laughs> instead of just being like round faces, there are these. Like you know, like there's a lot of detail in emoji. You know what I mean? They're all like fucking blobs. Like like someone just took a fucking made like a yellow stamp and like a, a blobs for eyes. And like all the detail is gone. And so like the thumbs up. You know how like the thumbs up, all the hands. You know they're all like flesh colored, right? Yeah. The yeah. fucking thumbs up now is fucking hot pink outline on like a white filled in white. It looks like Ew. shit. Everything is so. Blah, and I hate it and that's like the emoji now in Gmail or in Gchat and I fucking hate it and I just want them to change it back oh, wow yeah. now I really want to see this yeah we'll put a screen cap of some of the new emoji but they're the worst everything you like has gone to crap there were some things you kind of didn't recognize like all the details of all the little faces you know they just sort of yeah. they're like smudged it's like there's nothing all the details gone you know it's really bad. So if anyone else um, feels the same way about the new emoji, let me know. It's just a travesty. I'm surprised that Gmail's trying that, you know? Yeah. I guess they're trying to do something new and and innovative. It says someone from Google uh, designed these, but they were already in my app like months ago, so I don't know the connection there, but they're the same fucking shit emoji. So So if anyone else is disgusted by this, please share. I mean, it's just like people express themselves so much with emoji these days, and they're just so funny. They're funny because I like these realistic little, like, bowls of rice. You said, oh, sorry, you were missing a hot dog. I love the bowl of rice. Yeah, you know, like, everything's so realistic, you know, like the little rabbit 
like when I'm texting about magic, I'll always put like the little crystal ball, the top hat, and the rabbit. You know what I mean? Like that's one that gets. You know what I mean? Everything's like quite so nicely detailed, and these are shit. There's no like you know you get like you get like uh, shine and things on them. You know, there's like nothing. Yeah, it's blobs. I hate it. <laughs> Oof, nightmare. Well, maybe someone from Google is listening to this and they'll Hopefully. do something about it. Hopefully. Oh. Speaking gonna, of I, being disgusted. Yes. Dong in the news, the official edition. Hold on to your garters, ladies. It's dongs in the news. Yes. Um, this what are you is saying about the other one? Why wasn't the other one the official edition? Because I don't think I added it. Well, I'm saying no. This is the official because I um, have an article in front of me. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Oh, That's oh, what I mean. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That was they were both yours anyway, so I had no reason to take umbrage. <laughs> um, so this is about the prisoners who escaped in New York. Yes. Um, Gawker article says, There are some things you should know about Richard Matt, one of the two convicted murderers who crawled out of a maximum security prison in New York this weekend. He has killed multiple people uh, from two different countries. He has escaped from prison once before. He is, according to one cop, the most vicious, evil person I've ever come across in 38 years as a police officer. He also has a gigantic cock. How do we know this? Because a retired detective named David Bentley, who investigated the 97 murder that landed Matt in jail he just escaped from, told the New York Post about it. Another source, retired detective David Bentley, who helped put away Matt for the 1997 murder of a businessman, added, When Matt is cleaned up, he's very handsome and, in all frankness, very well endowed. He gets girlfriends any place he goes. Wow. End quote. I know. How do we they know brought that? that up? Wow. Is that like part of the I description know. in finding him? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Suspect has like, a nine what? inch dong. <laughs> how the heck are we talking here? I mean, how does the lawyer know about it? Come on. Amazing. <sighs> and and the thing, one, that they know about it, and then two, that they're like talking about this. I know! <laughs> Why didn't it make more headlines? I know! I only saw it on Gawker. That's incredible. Wow. And this has been Dongs in the News! Yeah! Think outside the um, dong. Okay, so here's a dick in the news. Um, uh, so, I don't know if you heard about this, but, and frankly, I'm, I'm glad this happened, but in Texas, uh, this man... Uh, I'll just read it. A man who apparently mocked alligators and jumped in the water despite warning signs is dead after being attacked in Texas. Orange County police (laughs) were called to Burkhart's Marina near the Louisiana state line early Friday morning after reports that Tommy Woodward, 28, and an unidentified woman were swimming in a bayou and had been attacked by a large alligator. It's like they ignored the signs, you know? It's just like, I, I really don't give a fuck. Oh, that's, a, that's right. Um, I think a witness said, um, Orange County Justice of the Peace, Rodney Price, um, said that Woodward ignored verbal warnings and a posted no swimming alligators sign and seemed to mock the deadly creatures before going in the water. He removed his shirt, removed his billfold. Someone shouted a warning and he said, fuck the alligators and jumped in the water and almost, <laughs> and almost immediately yelled for help. What a fucking idiot. What? What a 
fucking fucking idiot. Like I'm I'm glad he's dead. Like I am glad. This is the kind of person that exactly the kind of person that should be in this kind of act. I mean, could you be asking for it anymore? Like I That's Darwin's law right there. That's yeah. amazing. But here's the shitty thing. So I put this in the document a few days ago, and then today I found out that his friend was like, I guess thought fuck that alligator, and he fucking went and shot it. And killed it. And he's going to be fined $500. Oh, what crocodiles are made to do. I know. It's like, what did the fucking crocodile do? He was minding his own business when this fucking... And then a delicious snack jumped right in front of him. Exactly. So, and they found um, this idiot's remains, some of the remains in the alligator's <laughs> stomach. <laughs> good. Well, good. God. Jeez. So that was a real garbage oh, man. I feel sad for that guy. Do you remember when the crocodile hunter died and Norm Macdonald, it was just like a couple days after it happened, he goes, I don't know if this is too soon, but people are coming up to me going, guess who died? The crocodile hunter. <laughs> it's kind of like shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah, I was in Australia for that. So, actually, no, I was here. Yeah, I bet that was really big news. Actually. It was. I was actually I was here, but I left right afterwards. Um, so that was like still like all over the news. Like the funeral, I think, was on after I got there, and then like a famous Australian race car driver died while I was there. So like two major deaths like within a week of like Australian icons. So Whoa. yeah. It's pretty crazy. That might have been the same trip when, uh, uh, on an Australian variety show, um, uh, the contestants did blackface. I think it could have been the oh. same trip. Yeah, I bet if I look it all up, I can look up. Hey, oh God, it's Saturday. Jackson Jive and uh, Peter Brock and you know Steve Irwin's death. I'll figure out if it's the same trip. But yeah, big trip if that was all in the one. <laughs> Oh my god. I wonder if it was your fault somehow. I, yeah, it probably was. I'm sure I had something to do with it just by, yeah, bringing my bad vibes back to Australia. <laughs> um, so, we didn't, I don't know if we even talked about this. Dave Grohl broke his fucking leg on stage. <laughs> I love that you seem to have the same response that I did. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah. talk about this, but no. tell me your feelings about it. Okay, so I heard he broke his leg. Like, he fell off the stage. He's on the ground. He was like, fuck, fuck, whatever. I didn't watch the video, but he, I guess he fell over and he, um, uh, they brought a, he like, I think he got a mic to him and he's like, I'm sorry, you guys, I've got a, because he's such a fucking hero, isn't he? And he was like, I got a, I, I think I've broken my leg. And like, they kind of wrapped it up and he finished the show on a chair because he's such a fucking hero and anyway and then soon after that they were like you know you can't perform you need to rest so we had to cancel the rest of the tour right and everyone's like oh Jay Grohl is so great like even Greg when he found out he just kind of told me like oh like this is just more fodder for Dave Grohl is a fucking saint anyway I know oh, it's so annoying so anyway so then all the shows got cancelled but I guess this like within the last few days um, it was the 20th anniversary of the Foo Fighters and so they were doing they were supposed to do a, a show in DC for the 20th anniversary well he they fucking built a throne with like the Foo Fighters logo with these like guitars no. sticking out for him to sit on and he's just sitting there like a fucking fucking heroic king that he believes he is and still does the show because he's just such a great fucking guy and then the thing I read on on, uh, on BuzzFeed or Gawker was like um 
Son Gawker. Um, the title was like, man, Dave Grohl, we get it. And, and it was just kind of yeah. a snarky piece of like how he's Good. just making sure that everybody knows how this happened. And he and apparently he did some interview. We just talked about it for 10 minutes just to make sure Jeez, everybody no knows no. what a fucking hero he is. But anyway, so I'm like, I read that and I'm all just like, yeah, fuck that guy. And I thought it could have gone even, you know, harder at like pointing out what a fucking blowhard he is um but anyway and i'll just remind you listener i loved this man i loved him so much hard to believe after all the things i just said for the last minute and a half but i loved him and now i think he's a fucking dickhead anyway um yeah so then and then i look at the comments and it's like the blog i wrote about the food fighters like seven years ago but every so once in a while somebody comes up and like just gets so mad at me because nobody wants to have anything bad said about dave Grohl. the very first mm-hmm. comment on here is like with all the negativity in the world and all the shithead celebrities we have to gawk at i'm drawing the line at dave Grohl. you leave him alone he's not bothering you <laughs> And there's like 1,200 likes for that. A Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. And then it stands and applauds your statement in support. Sometimes Gawker just shits on people for the sake of shitting on people. Wow. Not their most charming side. It's just one after another. Jeez. All these apologists. Like nobody wants to hate him. Like he has like crafted the most... The, I've never seen anyone have like no dissenters like he does. Like I feel like I'm in like point zero 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 one percent of people who fucking see through this bullshit. And you're in it too, but it's, it's fucking lonely here. I'm glad I have. I mean, I, fuck. I mean, you, you know, you think you get usually these comments, you get a mixed thing, especially with something like celebrity. You know yeah. what I mean? But no, 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 no talking shit about Dave Grohl. No, I have one friend that I'll specifically talk shit with about him. And the day it happened, I go, "Don't you just know?" That when Dave Grohl realized his leg was probably broken, he's like, "Yeah, I'll look like such a hero to everybody because yes! I'm gonna go get my fix and I'm gonna come back. Totally, I'll, I'll be all over the news. Yes, I'll get to build a throne. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if he's thinking that far ahead, but I think he was thinking a little, a little bit ahead. I think it, I think it occurs to him very soon, like within the recovery process of how he can. I mean, he's fucking. <laughs> he already gets the fucking mic. And fucking gets on there and like is already yeah he's like already trying to like so much yes he does he talks so much up there he does he's like like a drunk uncle a a wedding rehearsal or something like that yeah and and my a friend of mine posted it but that's how I found out about a friend of mine posted it on my Facebook wall just knowing my feelings about him in general. (laughs) And, uh, and, oh, then, yeah. and then, and then, a, a, a few of my other friends, my Faith New More friends, um, uh, commented on it, pointing out like various injuries that, like, uh, Trey and Mr. Bungle was like, I think he sprained or uh, sprained his ankle or something, and just continued to hold tour, but like, just, just did it. You know what I mean? And like, when Faith yeah. No More, when they first reunited in two thousand nine, like Mike Patton was walking out with a cane, you know, and he was like in extreme pain. I don't know exactly what was wrong with him, but that's the thing. Nobody really knows what was wrong with him because he wasn't like talking about it and he didn't get a fucking throne with the big FNM behind him in the seat you know <laughs> to just you know like he just fucking plowed away and did the fucking job you know god so he's not the first fucking person to get injured on stage you know oh man fuck that guy <laughs> He like I I've heard a lot of stories like he's super philanderer whatever. Really, tell me more. Tell us all more. Um, maybe off the air. Okay. <laughs> See what I can do. But Dongtini after dark, not recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I look forward to this. Oh, God. Yeah. Jared from Subway. Jared from Subway. Have you heard? I did. Yeah. And now I feel like a jerk because my first response was, yeah, he kind of looked like a pervert. So Jared from Subway <laughs> got, uh, his, well, I, we can't accuse him of anything yet, but his house was searched as part of a child pornography oh, investigation. No. So I don't know what to, what to do with that. I was never a Jared no. fan. But, uh, like, it's, you wouldn't think. It's like with him and Louis C.K. and Bill Cosby. You're like, what? No, not them, right? Right. <laughs> doing yeah. something weird and I know well nothing yeah, specifically been said what, what the investigation is but there's somebody else related to his media profile or something that has been charged with always being investigated for child porn but yeah so they don't mm. nothing is actually said as to how Jared the fat guy who lost all the weight eating Subway um, what any accusations might be but they have searched his home which is if he hasn't done anything I kind of feel bad when they, like they just put something like that out with no context you know as to why they're doing right. that you know so obviously you think where well, there's smoke there's fire but we don't really know what the cause of it or there's some false yeah. accusation against him there's all manner of reasons why someone could get searched and then they turn up, turn up nothing we just don't know exactly so, so yeah so I, I don't want to pass judgment on him but yeah and yeah we'll see what happens but um, yeah but some revelation that did come up is uh, so Bill Cosby's um uh, what was it like a deposition or something from uh, some testimony yeah. from 2005 where he fucking admits to buying quaaludes and Benadryl with the intent of drugging women to have sex with them like it's fucking mm-hmm. a clear admission so and somehow mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg is still sort of <laughs> oh, Whoopi. holding out for real evidence I don't know what yeah. evidence you need even if you can't prove each individual case of all the women who've accused him he's yeah. admitted that he's a fucking drugging rapist yeah. so you know it's not like every guy you and know is like well I bought years. the quaaludes but I didn't actually end up fucking like you know what I mean well, like, why I wasn't put, this a big deal when it came out you know because it didn't like, come out it was sealed it was sealed it was sealed until oh I didn't know that yeah okay, okay, that's okay, why right. it's only just that's why it's a thing it was sealed and his lawyers have been fighting to keep it sealed um, oh. all this time saying it would be hurtful to him and you know uh, there were yeah. all these various reasons you and know who that's else it was why. hurtful to all those women he drugged and raped exactly <laughs> that's another person those are other people it was hurtful to yeah but I'm still having that bad feeling I mentioned before the last time we talked about this where every time I see a picture of him like it hurts my heart like you know yeah because like, he's well, just a, such a father figure I'm just like oh. I know Dr. Huxtable did yeah, all that yeah it just like I like I'm so if I think about it but when I see his picture I feel different feelings and I'm just so confused about it but I'm still like talking like fuck that guy he's a fucking rapist but yeah yeah. but yeah somehow Whoopi is she said something really stupid what did Whoopi say um (laughs) this is gonna be good whatever okay Whoopi said um so they're talking about on the view only one of the women was all like yeah you know, totally down on him. Uh, Candace Cameron was on the panel and she was like, well, yeah, I wasn't sure, but now if he did this and did that, he's a rapist. And she's just calling him out now. Guilty, 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 she said. Whoopi says, I'm sorry, the 80s, they weren't fun for everybody, clearly. I think it is again. We'll see what happens as more information comes out. I don't like snap judgments because I've had snap judgments made on me, so I'm very, very careful. Save your texts, save your nasty comments, I don't care. And I say this because this is my opinion, and in America still, I know it's a shock. We're actually innocent until proven guilty. He has not been proven. 
That's what we wow. have to say about it. Wow, so, Whoopi. Yeah, so I don't know what more you need other than an admission. So, like if somebody said, yes, I totally molested a child, but they're never convicted. Yeah. You, do you hold judgment? You don't reserve judgment. I think they that's okay. Said. And <laughs> it's also part of being a grown-up is accepting yeah. the fact that this person did something really bad. So, yeah. Whoopi, come on. You need to allow that into your frame of concept and stop victim blaming basically like you yeah. need to listen to victims when they're talking i know Ugh, that's the most frustrating thing is that's how it enables it like like um abusers depend on the silence of, of bystanders yeah or else, totally. they wouldn't, or else they wouldn't get away with it and yes. so what Whoopi's doing is enabling this behavior and yes. setting an example for that in a very public forum Ugh. and she's not only is she not listening civil rights to... activist. oh i know that's that's the thing is I mean she's supposed to you know saying listen to the victims she won't even listen to the fucking perpetrator admitting it for fuck's sake I mean <laughs> that's big very sophisticated denial system in place yeah I mean it speaks volumes to the human capacity to deny truths you don't want to accept I know that you know I mean that happens too like with cults and things like when cult leaders come yeah. out or exposed the cults oh, yeah. the cults go on without them it's like well that's fine I don't care if you say you made this whole thing up we're still going ahead with this you know so yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. The truth does not set things free necessarily. Uh, um, so speaking of the truth, I do like that segue. <laughs> setting things free. Um, last weekend, I was at a barbecue and um, a good friend I've had for like 15 years. We were talking outside and she's like, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you about something. Uh-oh. And then my blood ran cold. Yeah. And I was like, what is this going to be? And she's like, I just feel like you never initiate in our friendship. And, um, you know, I never really hear from you. And it really hurts my feelings is kind of what she had to say. Uh-huh. And, um, I, and I told her, I was like, uh, you know, it sucks. I'm like, oh, I hate that you feel that way. Like, if it makes you feel any better, I don't really initiate with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so we kind of spent a little while talking about like what are your expectations what you know like she she mostly stays at home and she's a stay-at-home mom and you mm-hmm. know and i'm like okay i work like i have kind of long hours and a long commute so i'm gone pretty much 12 hours a day yeah um and then so as far as like getting together like she doesn't want to just text or talk she wants to get together and have coffee or something that's just what right. she wants to do but she's always wanted to do that so i'm like um I just don't know if I, you know, I, I would love to put something on the books because there's, um, like, I see one person every week for sure, but it's only because we make a coffee date and I stay a half hour late at work every day to save up time so I can have two hours of coffee with her on Friday morning, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if you want to see me, like, we kind of have to plan it out. And um, so anyway, as, as we were talking, I was kind of thinking about just the, the difference in expectations. You know, it was good to talk about how, you know, she's like, oh, this is, I feel rejected when I don't get to see someone face to face. And mm-hmm. she also even kind of said, I feel like most of, most people seem to be this way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if it's cultural because um, she's from like, oh, another Spanish speaking country somewhere. But, um, so she like, I don't know how much of that is just the culture of, Hey, let's drop everything and hang out because she's very down for that. And I'm not so much. I'm kind of like, I'm tired, you know? So anyway, I I just thought it's, you know, that blood running cold moment. You're just like, Oh fuck. What's going to, what is this person going to say? And just get really scared. But she wasn't attacking. Yeah. um, Yeah. 
and we like I felt like we were able to get somewhere and, and I think and we kind of were saying she goes I just you know feel felt gr- invisible growing up and so it takes a lot for me to um feel accepted and I, and I want to own that you know so yeah 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 so there was all that but yeah. um there's a balance with accepting yeah. why you feel a certain way but also allowing uh, telling the people you want to have relationships with about your problems and kind of meeting each other halfway other pe- asking yeah. other people to make a bit more of an effort but also you allowing them to say you know allowing them to be the way they are and not and lowering your expectations because your expectations are kind of your own problem in a way you know <laughs> so, yeah 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 but there's a balance you can work together on it it doesn't have to be all one person's way or the other way uh-huh yeah and and i was thinking to myself i'm like i'm i'm going to feel badly if my what i'm able to give her isn't enough for her and then i was thinking but that's not my problem yeah <laughs> so yeah you can make like an effort, saying, but yeah it's still her problem in the end yeah so especially if that's sort of the way the culture is going like i'm not into being on the phone with people you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um it's not that once i am on the phone and i'm talking to them it's sort of fine but it's nothing i initiate you know and i think yeah. you know some people think oh I, you know, we never talk but it's like it's just that i don't i don't call anybody you know i never call anyone Me up neither. for a chat like unlike high school remember you like in high school it's like that's all you do is like you get home from school and like call your friends and just keep mm-hmm. it going but now it's just like i never call anyone for a chat ever 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 it's just yep. text emails and yeah i don't know what to make of that but i'm happy i'm fine i love face-to-face contact when it happens but i'm no, i don't feel mm-hmm. you know it, i don't feel shafted if that's not happening you know so yeah. yeah but yeah but yeah like you said it's managing your own expectations and yeah that that's part of it too yeah yeah but so how do you come <sighs> out of that did you make any sort of plan to to do anything or we did i uh, met her for coffee on saturday mm-hmm. and um we you know met eight o'clock you know on fourth of july before everything got started you know uh-huh. and um i picked a diner where a lot of old people would be so we could see a lot of good like patriotic wear <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of that so it was good you know catching up face to face is good and um just yeah i felt like it was it went really well like um you know in the past you know when you're younger things like that can can go you know there's just a better chance of having hurt feelings and yeah. i think we were just able to talk about it really well so yeah that's great that was a positive outcome for my initial blood running cold which is yeah, the worst yeah. feeling i think that always has to happen any kind of even if there's potential and everyone involved is smart and thoughtful you can't help i think that's just a very natural reaction for your blood to run cold at any confrontation yeah yeah (laughs) all right what is this last thing on the document (gasps) last thing on the document is the maradonia saga you posted this today i want to hear you tell about it okay did you watch the video no, okay. I, I, I didn't. I just read a little bit. But okay. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so um, my friend Brandon sent this to me and Greg. And as soon as I saw it, I think I've talked about it. I have, and I played. The, I had the video on on Dongting, but that Shine on Me video that I had posted a long <laughs> time ago by Christine Owens, which is this crazy, <laughs> elaborate, medieval fantasy music video for this four minute song that just has like a million dollar budget with explosions and all this expensive CGI. So the first thing I thought of when I saw this nine minute 
in a trailer was that it was like that but it's kind of cheaper um but anyway so it's like that it's this medieval looking yeah saga but yeah this is like obviously a movie whereas the other one is a music video um Anyway, so in further reading, so you watch this, this is fucked. The trailer is a mess. It's like stealing footage from like 40-year-old movies. It's it's crazy. All this, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, no. it's hard to describe it. I, I don't even know what to say about it. But yeah, it's shitty and amazing and wonderful in a sh- the way the room is shitty, amazing and wonderful. So anyway, <laughs> but it turns out it's, it's, a, it's a film adaptation. I don't know if the full, full film actually exists yet or if this is just like a teaser. I think it's like a 30 minutes of, of what's supposed to be a 90 minute movie. But it's by uh, what at the time of its writing a, a teenage author named Gloria Tesh. And um, essentially... I, I want her to be related to John Tesh. No, sadly the spelling is slightly off. She's, he's yeah. T-E-S-H and, she, and he's T-E-S-H and she's T-E-S-C-H. So anyway, so I guess it's, it's another vanity project like The Room where at she started writing she, it's a trilogy but it's six books because oh she my like, god she cut them in half and like made them six each book into half so that three books became six books and her parents published this but she's like this website details the whole story of this uh-huh. and so the parents funded all this stuff and put her books out and um, and like now she's written ten books and it's really really terrible writing but they just tell her she's awesome she's amazing so she fancies herself this great great writer so they're funding this fucking movie oh, being no. made and um and yeah she was claiming she's happening young. now well i think she wrote this, this. She's, she's 21 now and like the first book was written when she was like or published when she was 13 so it's been a while but this has been sort of an ongoing thing um i think the movie i'm not sure if the movie's in production now but anyway so the pictures on this website that kind of exposes the whole thing which we'll post on dongtini.com but they're all these just talking about how great she's not how much she's accomplished but she's accomplished nothing all the reviews are terrible. The only good reviews are by people that are like associated with the publishing oh, no. of the book and the editor oh, and no. stuff. Yeah, this sounds like Christ- the Christian publishing world. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they're Christian, I might add. Totally spoiled oh, bitch, are? Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I don't oh, think there's anything no. particularly Christian about it. But um, anyway, so there's these great pictures on this expose website with pictures of her with like it's just a picture of a bookshelf at the library with her book there. But you can see the spines of all the books, and they all have the catalog labels except her book like they've just taken the book in the library and taken a picture of it on a shelf and then they've gone to Barnes and Noble in another picture and she's standing there next to all the bestsellers like here's my book at number one except that it like takes up the spaces of one two and three and you can see there's another book behind it and it doesn't have like the 40% off price that all the other books have it's just like yeah it's amazing it's a fantastic rabbit hole to go down and then her Twitter she's just a complete spoiled fucking bitch at 21 so yeah I'm gonna put some links up on dongtini.com but yeah watch the trailer yeah read the read the uh, and the Amazon reviews are so so great oh my god oh god wait no no I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the um oh uh the the Amazon bio of her I mean it's so poorly written that (laughs) it's like you can only imagine what the books are like okay Gloria Tesh is the author of the Maradonia saga. 
Gloria began writing her first book at the ripe age of 10 and celebrated her 13th birthday with the publication of two novels, Maradonia and the Seven Bridges and Maradonia and the Escape from the Underworld. This sweeping epic journey into a fantastical world of magic and power earned Gloria the distinction of being the world's youngest or one of the youngest published novelists. The distinction of being one of! And she's just making this shit up and it's not even published because it's self-published. Anyway, with 14 years of age, Gloria published two more novels, Maradonia and the Gold of Ophir and Maradonia and the Dragon Riders. With 15 years, she presented her fifth novel, Maradonia and the Law of Blood, and her sixth novel, Maradonia and the Battle for the Key, as well as two movie screenplays. Gloria Tesh was born on, August, on, on April 17, 1994 in San Diego, California. She's a natural storyteller who crafts her tales, characters, and settings with talent. Everything Gloria writes glows with imagination, and many who read her books believe that Gloria's imagination is never-ending. Now, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. One of Gloria's friends wrote... <laughs> <laughs> Gloria's novels captivated me from the first page and did not let go until the last. Gloria is so talented that the reader believes everything is possible in the land of Maradonia. I wonder what kind of literature this 15-year-old author will produce in the coming years. Oh, no. And then Gloria's response, Gloria... I don't know what the coming years will bring, but I work every day, every weekend, very, very hard, often late in the night, creating characters and writing stories. With such a young age, Gloria is able to straddle between the world of surreal adventure and the world of page-turning mainstream adventure and connects the ordinary, natural world with the supernatural world with unexpected twists and absolutely surprising results. Gloria is writing her next trilogy of three novels. <laughs> Just to be clear. No, she is not. Maradonia and the Lost Secret of Kra, as well as Maradonia and the Unleashed Beast, and Maradonia and the Curse of oh, Abaddon, oh she said. God. I have a pretty clear concept for at least ten more books of the Maradonia saga. So, oh my yeah. god! And the reviews for these are amazing. Like they're just like saying it's the worst, worst shit ever. So yeah, the Cannot links will be all wait up. To inhale yes. all of this. Yes, it's, it's a lot to take in. And I could tell, like I posted it, and not a lot of people looked at it, but I could tell the people who did from their comments, they dug deeper and like followed into it. So I was like, yes, because yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun if you like oh, craptacular wow. entertainment. So that's my gift to you, listener. And Stephanie. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> a gift that's going to keep on giving. Yes. So how long will you be gone to uh, uh, Jesus Camp? Um, about 10 days, so like including the drive and maybe a little bit longer. Um, it won't be all Jesus-y. We're going to stay with Uncle Richard and Ashland on the way down. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that part is, is some good atheist Jewish fun yes um so then the whole week of jesus <laughs> watch my instagram feed because yes. that completely saved my sanity last year just to take pictures of the books of the settings like video clips of the songs they're singing yes. <laughs> so anyway people going oh my god I i'm praying for you you know like you know just joking with me and like feeling my pain so um about a week of that and then i'll be coming back and yeah. Cool. Do you have any trips coming up? I do not. I'm not going fucking anywhere, and I am glad. So, <laughs> yes, I'll just be here chipping away at editing the podcast sometime before you get back. <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm back by the time the listener's hearing this? That'll be fine with me, because... Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. You take your time. 
Um, sorry, breaking up. What was the last thing you said? Oh, sorry. I said not that there's anything wrong with that. You take your time. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that about wraps things up. Um, please go to Amazon if you're going to buy shit from Amazon, which I don't know that you do, but in case you do, go to donktini.com first and then click through so we get a kickback. Yes. And can stay on the terrestrial airwaves. And um, call the dong line at 323-301-DONG. Dong is in Wiener. Should be easy to remember by now. And, um, yeah, we really like listener voicemails, especially if they involve dongs. Especially. And I'm sure you have at least one story about a dong that you can come tell. So, <laughs> um, I guess that's it. Until next time. Okay. Hot sauce! Hot sauce! I know you'll hurt me and it's such a crying shame Cause when I die with my last breath I'll call your name I never thought you'd be so cruel let me tell you that it happens when a fool loves a fool With every breath I take, with every kiss I kiss With every tear I cry, there goes my happiness I never thought you'd be so cruel Let me tell you that it happens when a fool loves a fool Well, I can't live without you But I don't know what I'm gonna do about you I'm a weak and I got no one to blame Well, I love and I want you near me But you never seem to hear me You're gonna mess around and drive me insane And I cry and cry and cry You just walk away You lie and lie Tell you that it happens when a fool loves a can't live without you, but I don't know what I'm gonna do about you. I'm a weak and I got no one to blame. Well, I love and I want you near me, but you never seem to hear me. You're gonna mess around and drive me insane. I cry and cry and cry, you just walk away. Thought you'd be so cruel. Let me tell you that.